This is the FBCG Live podcast with Pastor John K. Jenkins, Sr. Today's message is entitled, Don't Sell Your Birthright. Some people will miss out on what God has for them because they compromise their convictions. Wherever you're joining us from, we pray this message encourages and empowers you in your daily walk with God. I'm excited to be able to share the Word of God with you today. I want to talk to you tonight, today, this moment about something that I think is very important for the body of Christ, and that has to do with having convictions, having a conviction, being willing to stand for something that you will not compromise or change. And it is something that I think is vitally important for people who say they're Christians to get a hold of and practice and walk in. And I know you don't think it's important, but I believe when God looks around for showing his favor and blessing his people and showering him with his power and might, I believe being a person of conviction, being a person that is is persuaded not to compromise is one of those things that brings about the favor of God. And I look out throughout the scripture and I remember Daniel and the lion's den when they tried to get him to not pray, but yet he remained faithful to praying. And I think about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who when the king tried to get these Hebrew boys to dance to the music and bow down to the false god, but yet they chose not to. Instead, they were cast into the fiery furnace. And we can go on down through time and through history and see in the Bible and in so many stories of people who refused to compromise. I like what the disciples said one day when, when the people in the New Testament tried to get them to not preach about Jesus. They said, we, we, we're going to choose to obey God rather than man. And the question that I have today and what my concern is that we have a lot of people who carry the banner, who have the cross around their neck and the Bible underneath their arms, but yet in certain circumstances and situations, they compromise. And I want to talk about that today. And I want to use as an example tonight in light of this, I want to talk for a few moments about the story of Esau and Jacob. Genesis chapter 25 tells us the story of Esau and Jacob, twin boys born to the same mother and father. Their, their natures, their characteristics of who they are and what they are was totally different. Two different types of persons, uh, twins born to Isaac and Rebekah, Esau was an outdoors man, a hunter, a man of the field. Jacob, on the other hand, was a hunter, a tent dweller. Esau was hairy. Jacob was not. Esau was a, was, a, was a daddy's man, a daddy's son. Jacob was a mama's boy. Isaac loved Esau. Rebekah loved Jacob. Here are these two men, twins, model for us the distinction and the difference between a person who will be committed and maintain convictions and a person who won't. Now, I want to start off by just telling you right off the bat something special about these two young men. I want to start off by talking to you about Esau. Esau is the oldest of the two boys. He is the one who was birthed with what is called the birthright. He had the birthright that all older boys, all oldest sons of Jewish families received. Esau had a birthright. What did the birthright mean? First of all, 
the birthright meant that he got special attention from his mother and father. He, 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 he drew special attention from his mother and father. Secondly, it meant when his parents were absent, he was the next in charge. When his parents were not around, he was the next in charge. And thirdly, it meant when his father died, Esau would get a double portion of his father's estate. He would, he would get a double portion, and that double portion would land on his doorpost. But yet, for a momentary thrill, Esau was willing to compromise the birthright that went to him for a momentary thrill, for a moment of satisfaction. And I thought we should take a few moments because I think there's some descendants of Esau that might be in our midst. There's a number, I think, of people who are compromising, compromising in their choices and decisions, compromising in the way they manage their money, compromising in the relationships that they have, compromising and bending the rules and doing the things that God said don't do. They are compromising. And I thought I ought to talk about that for a moment because there's so many temptations in this environment, in this culture, in this pandemic that we're in to compromise, to lie, to not tell the truth. There is so many opportunities to do something, to satisfy yourself, to please your flesh, to do what it is you want to do. Esau models for us the danger of doing that. And I thought I would spin and try to challenge believers not to compromise. Don't compromise in obeying the word of God. Don't compromise in the way you carry your body in the temple of the living God. Don't compromise in how you raise your children or your grandchildren. Don't compromise in the way you manage your money. Don't compromise with your marriage. Don't compromise with the words that come out of your mouth. Don't be a compromiser. But if the truth be told, there's a lot of compromisers. And a person doesn't get to be a compromiser overnight. It just doesn't happen suddenly. You don't get into a posture of bending and yielding and not holding up to what you said and walking in the ways of the Lord. You don't get like that overnight. There's some compromises that come to pass. And I thought we ought to talk about those compromises because in our text today, Esau compromises. In Genesis chapter 25, if you'd open your Bibles there for a moment, I want to take a look at how Esau compromised. In verse number 29 of chapter 25, the Bible says that, listen to this, Esau talks about his compromise. Chapter 25, verse 29, it says this, now Jacob cooked a stew and Esau came in from the field and he was weary. And Esau said to Jacob, please feed me with that same red pottage, for I am weary. Therefore, his name was called Edom. But Jacob said, sell me your birthright as of this day. And Esau said, look, I am about to die. So what is this birthright to me? Then Jacob said, swear to me to this, swear to me as of this day. So he swore to him and sold his birthright to Jacob. And, Esau, and Jacob gave Esau bread and stew of lentils. Then he ate and drank, arose, and went his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. In just a moment, in just a few minutes, Esau came to a place and a posture of giving up the birthright. 
giving up the thing that he got by virtue of his birth that was only his, that was the privilege that he had of being the oldest son. It was given to him. And I'm concerned today as I preach today that there's a birthright that's been given to so many sons and daughters of God that we are compromising and giving up for a momentary thrill, giving up for a minute, giving up to satisfy our flesh. He gave it up. He gave up his birthright. Some of you are going to miss out on what God has for you. You're going to miss out on the miracles and the blessings and the doors being open. You're going to miss out on the things that God has for you because you're compromising. How did he get to this place? How did, it, how did Esau get to a place and a point of being willing to give up his birthright? It didn't happen overnight. Matter of fact, it's laid out right here. Here's what he did. Verse number 29 says, look at verse 29. There's three things he did. Let me tell you what they were. I want to challenge you not to make these same three mistakes. Verse 29, it says, now Jacob cooked a stew and Esau came in from the field and he was weary. There's point number one. I'm saying this. He stayed in the field too long. He's, the scripture says he came in from the field and he was weary. He came out from the field and he had been out there for so long hunting and trying to find something to eat that he came home and he was wearied and tired. I call it, he had an extended period of pursuits, an extended period of pursuits. For a time longer than he should, he was in pursuit of food. And I'm here today because I believe a lot of people miss out on what God has for them because they're out pursuing something longer than they should be. They are out in the field too long. They're out, out in the world too long. See, see, the devil will get you to walk away and leave out from the midst of your assignment and your call, pull you away from the word, pull you away from your devotions, pull you away from your prayer life, pull you away from your assignment, pull you away from your destiny. And he thinks it's just for a moment and you think it's just for a moment. But before long, you find yourself being out there too long. How many of you found yourself spending too much time in pursuit of whatever it is you're after? He had an extended period in pursuits. He kept going after it, kept chasing it. And so many of you find yourself in that posture where you think, if I stay out here just a little bit longer, it's going to turn around any moment now. It's going to change any minute. It's going to get better any moment, and yet you're away from God, away from your destiny, away from your assignment, away from your call, away from your anointing. You're missing out because the devil has attracted you to go out in the field. And Esau stayed in the field. He was doing the right thing at the start. He was out there hunting from food. He was an outdoors man. That's expected of him. But it's not expected of him to be out there so long that by the time he comes in, he's wearied and tired. As a matter of fact, it says that he came in and he was weary. And look at what verse 30 says. It tells us the second thing he did. And it says, and Esau said to Jacob, please feed me with that same red pottage for I am weary. Therefore, his name was called Edom. But Jacob said, sell me your birthright as of this day. And Esau said, verse 32, look, I am about to die. So what is this birthright to me? Here's what he did. He not only extended 
He not only had an extended period of pursuits, he also had an exaggerated perspective of a problem, an exaggerated perspective of a problem. He said, I'm about to die. This birthright's not going to do me any good now. I'm about to die. This is an exaggerated perspective. What are you talking about, Pastor? The way he looked at his situation was exaggerated. He said, I am about to die. Let me tell you something. I find and I deal with people every day whose perspective of their situation is exaggerated. They make it worse than it is. They don't recognize that the way they're looking at it is in the wrong perspective. Esau said, I'm about to die. As a matter of fact, the scripture told us twice. It told us in verse 29 and in verse 30, it told us his problem was he was weary. And the word weary means all he was was tired and thirsty. But he has now painted it as though he is about to die. He was digging his own grave. He was preparing himself to be buried. He said, I'm about to die if you don't give me some of that soup. Is that really the situation, Esau? You're going to die just because you haven't eaten all day? You're about to die. You're making it worse than it is. And I suggest to you today, there's a whole lot of you who are making your situations worse than it is. All you need is some rest and some water. All you need, is a, all you need to do is get what you need. All you need to do is get in the environment where you'll be fed. All you need to do is make the right choices, do the right thing, be in the right place, make the right decisions. That's all you need to do. It's not as bad as you're making it seem. Esau said, I am about to die. I am at the point of death. And this birthright will do me no good. Not only did he have an extended period of pursuits, not only did he have an exaggerated perspective of a problem. Go ahead with your EPs, pastors, EPP. Go ahead with your EPP. I'm going to need somebody to help me celebrate, celebrate my EPPs. Here's another thing that he did. In verse number 32, he not only said, I'm about to die. He said, but what is this birthright to me? He underestimated the power of a promise. He underestimated the power of a promise. His estimation of the potential of the promise that he had, he underestimated it. He, he didn't give it the, the due respect that was, it was warranted. He didn't honor it in the way he should have honored it. Instead, he downplayed it. Instead, he treated it lowly and bad. And he said, this birthright will do me no good. Wait, hold up now. Whoa, hold a minute. Wait a minute, Esau. Don't push your birthright to the side like that. Don't treat it like it doesn't have power connected with it. Don't treat it like it doesn't mean anything, Esau. I need to talk to some of you today because you don't understand the power of your call and the power of your anointing and the power of your relationship. And you don't understand the power of your destiny. You don't understand the anointing that God has for you. I wish I could get the saints of God to just comprehend who you are and whose you are. 
I've been trying to preach that now for quite a few years to make people understand that we are the head and not the tail. We are the winners and not the losers. We are up and not down. We are victors and not victims. I've been trying to get the saints to understand that we serve a God who loves us, who has his eye upon us, who cares about us, who has told us time and time again, he took care of the birds of the air. Won't he also take care of you? He will take care of you. He underestimated. He treated it lowly. The potential of the promise that he had. He treated it lowly. He didn't understand that that birthright carried with it power. That birthright meant some incredible things. It meant, number one, the birthright, I told you at the start, the birthright meant that he got his parents' attention. If he was in such a hungry place and felt he was so weak and poor and messed up and jacked up, he could have gone to his father and he would have seen to it that he would have been taken care of. Did y'all hear what I said? If he had just gone to his father, his father loved him. His father cared about him. His mother, she's another story. She loved Jacob, but his father loved him. And if he had gone to his father, y'all don't hear, y'all not missing, y'all missing what I'm saying. If you go to your father, <laughs> if you go to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, if you cry out to him, he will see to it that your needs will be met. He will fight your battles. Not only did the birthright meant that he got special attention from his mother and his father, the birthright not only meant that, but it also meant, uh, and thank God for the power of this birthright, it also meant that when his mother and father were not around, he was the next in charge. So let's just imagine for a moment that they were not there. That means he didn't have to sacrifice his his birthright to Jacob, he could have commanded it to Jacob. He could have directed Jacob to give it to him because if his parents weren't around, he was the next in charge. Y'all, did y'all hear that? When our father has gone, when our savior who's not here, we are in charge. We are the sons of God. We are the king. We are, the, we, we are operating on behalf of the king. We are representing him on the planet. There's power that he gives us. There's an anointing that he gives us. There's a call that he gives us. He has put us in charge. When the king is not here, he has empowered us to represent him. When mom and daddy are not around, we are in charge. Finally, he didn't have to sell his birthright. His birthright also represented and meant that when uh, his mother and father died, he got a double portion of his father's estate. Ooh, I feel a shout coming on me right here because I don't know if y'all know this. I know you know this. Our Savior has died and he put a double portion upon us. He's gone to glory and is seated at the right hand of God the Father. That's why I serve Jesus. He put a double portion on you and I. We have a double portion of his anointing, a double portion of his call, a double portion of his ministry. We will do great things for the kingdom of God. Lift up your heads, O ye gates. Be ye lifted up, ye everlasting doors. The king of glory is coming in. He's anointed you. He's called you. He's empowered you. He has gifted you. He has, he has, he has placed his mantle on your shoulders. 
shoulders. We have a charge to keep and a God to glorify. We are to proclaim the life of Jesus to the principalities and the powers. We are to proclaim to the world that our Savior is alive and well. He lives. He lives. I know he lives today. He lives in you. He lives in me. Lift up your heads. We ought to be proud to, to boast and say and declare we will not compromise. Don't sell your birthright. Don't forget where God has brought you from. Don't hang your head down. Don't walk away. We are heirs and joint heirs with Christ. We are more than conquerors. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. No weapon formed against us shall prosper. He has given us the right and the power to become some sons of God. We've got heavenly blessings. We are seated in heavenly places. We can put a thousand demons to flight, 10,000 to flight when two of us get together. We've got power to live holy. We are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. We are the firstborn people of God. We have the ability to pray and intercede on behalf of the saints of God. We are his sons and daughters. We are his instruments. We are called to be the head and not the tail. Know who you are and whose you are. The devil can't defeat us. We've already won. Jesus has already conquered the devil and already conquered death. You just need to know who you are. Don't compromise. You don't have to compromise your convictions to get something from anybody. You don't have to compromise what you believe. You don't have to back down and we shall not. We shall rise up and make the declaration. We are the children of the most high God. We're an army of the living God. I'm so glad that we're serving a savior that did what Muhammad didn't do and Buddha didn't do and Confucius didn't do. And we can run on down the list. We serve a savior who died on the cross for our sins and was buried. And in three days, he did what nobody else did. He conquered death and got up out of the grave. All powers in his hands. He lives. Our savior lives today. He got up out of the grave with all power. And guess what? He is coming back again. And he's calling you and I to be ready when he comes back. Therefore, we are to proclaim his truth and declare his word and preach the gospel until that day he comes back. And today I'm looking forward to that wonderful day when the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords shall crack the sky. And when he comes back, will you be ready? Do you know who you are and whose you are? I don't know who I'm talking to today, but whoever you are, stop compromising. Stop backing down. Stop yielding to the devil's attractions. Come out of that field. You've been in the field too long. Come out of the world. You've been in drugs too long. Come out of there. You've been partying too long. Come up out of there. You've been listening to the wrong people too long. You've been in the field too long. It's time to come back home. You've been listening to FBCG Live with Pastor John K. Jenkins Sr. It's important to know who you are and whose you are. We represent the Lord everywhere we go. If you've been blessed by this message and would like to help us reach more people through this ministry, please click the link in the podcast description or visit our website, fbcglenarden.org slash give to donate. Thank you for joining us. We hope that you'll subscribe so that you'll never miss an episode. Be sure to tune in next week.